such an honor to be with you guys this morning. Um, I've just been thinking this morning, going across the three sites, that um, I'm the sister you didn't know you had, so you were blessed. But we are one people, and it's just such a privilege to be with you guys this morning to see um, some of our extended family that I don't get to see very often. So thank you for having me. This morning I've been asked to preach on building the prophetic. I know it's Mother's Day. It's strange. But God does weird and wonderful things. So let's just be open to what he wants to say to us this morning. And I cannot talk about the prophetic without reading one of my favorite um, scriptures, which I actually learned at Sunday school. I think there were two, ver- two verses I learned, learned at Sunday school, and this is one of them. It's Acts 2, verse 16 to 17, which actually comes out of Joel 2, verse 28. So the prophet Joel had spoken, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit On all people, your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Amen. God made this possible by Jesus' death and resurrection and ascension to the throne of God. And on Pentecost, he sends out his Holy Spirit so that we would be filled with the Spirit of God. And I don't know if you guys know this, but it says that when God pours out his Spirit, his sons and daughters prophesy. It's a sign of him pouring out his spirit that there is a hunger that wakes up in us to hear the voice of God and to speak the voice of God. And today I'm talking in two halves. My preach one will be about um, like looking at why we prophesy. So it's going to be about the promise, the purpose, and the partnership of prophesying. So I'm going to do some teaching in the first half, and then the second half I'm going to unpack a prophetic word for you. And this lady in the red, just sitting on the end there. Yes, you. They always look around. I love it. Uh, what's your name? Angela. I just feel like God's saying that he hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but he has given you a spirit of power and love. And there is a fire on you to ignite other people. And I feel like God's saying that he's seen you carry his heart. I feel like even with your family, God has used you to show the Father's heart to them. And I feel like God said that there are no lost causes. I just feel in, even as you're praying, like you've been crying out to God, like, and God says there are no lost causes. Just keep sowing. Just keep starting in the fires, there is an anointing on you to bring wisdom into situations that need wisdom. There is an anointing on you to see restitution come, restitution is needed. And you are a woman of God that um, God has given a voice for in this season. Amen. 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 Prophecy is a ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit um, that we see in 1 Corinthians 7 verse 11. And it says, all the gifts are given for the common good of all. Isn't that great? It's for the common good of all. In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1 to 6, should come up on your screen. It says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire, passionately desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to the people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit, but the one who prophesies speaks to the people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. Here, Paul's given a simple definition of what prophecy is. It's for the strengthening, encouragement, and comfort of the people. It's hearing God's voice to edify, exhort, and comfort someone. And I want to tell you something about the comfort of God. It's not just a little side hug. The comfort of God brings healing. It brings freedom. It removes restraints. His comfort breaks the stronghold of fear. His comfort breaks discouragement and it brings peace. 
How many of you want to receive the comfort of the Father this morning? So good. And all of these virtues flow from one place. Comfort, encouragement, exhortations, they all flow from one place, and that's the Father's heart. It's his heart, his love for us, that is being shared through the prophetic. For the love of God is shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit given to us. In Romans 5 verse 5, prophecy is one of the ways that God's heart is demonstrated to us. Isn't that beautiful? We get to hear the Father's heart. And, and we can each believe for this gift. And I'm not saying everybody in this house is called to be a prophet. We don't walk around and go, prophet so-and-so, prophet so-and-so, prophet so-and-so. But everybody's called to eagerly desire the gift of prophecy. It says desire it. Eagerly desire it. We are all called to encourage each other, edify each other through God's comfort. So with prophecy, we work in a partnership with God. We hear, we receive in humility. We bring a word and you get to partner with receiving that word. And you get to receive it by weighing it, testing it and praying into it. You weigh and you pray. Isn't that fun? We need to hold each other accountable in the prophetic. It's not just a free fall where we get to say the things that we've really wanted to say to you, but we're saying God said. Actually, we get to hold each other accountable. Nothing that we prophesy can be outside of God's word. It has to align with God's word, with his, with his character, with his nature, with his heart. We don't just get to put a stamp of prophecy on things that we've been burning to tell each other because we think this is the way people should do things or this is the way people should behave. And when we do this, when we hold each other accountable, what we actually do is create a safe space to hear the voice of God, a safe space to hear what he's saying to each of us through the rest of our brothers and sisters around us. And in 2 Timothy 1 verse 6, it says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is through the laying of our hands for the spirit God gave us. does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And many people think that to prophesy, you need the supernatural moment of like a divine voice speaking to you. But actually, God's just asking us to partner with him. He speaks in a still quiet voice and he's saying, will you be obedient? Will you hear my voice and will you speak? Because when we do that, when we step out in our natural in obedience, he adds his super to it and it becomes a supernatural encounter with those who hear God. And um, prophecy is about the father's promises in your life. Isn't that amazing? It's about a portion of the thoughts that he has towards you. The portion of the Father's heart that he has towards you. So beautiful to receive his thoughts, what he thinks about you. And it's not the sum total of God's plan for your life. We hear in part, but it's his thoughts that help us navigate and guide us in the now and sometimes in the future. They're like signposts on a highway that help guide you to a picture of a spiritual destination. We are called to delight ourselves in God, not to delight ourselves in prophetic words. I don't know if you've got a friend, it's clearly not you, that's always like, oh, I hope they prophesy over me, I hope they prophesy over me. Actually, we found our delight in Jesus. We found our delight in a relationship with him foremost, above any prophetic word. Prophetic words can never take the place of Jesus or intimacy with the Father. But we get to partner with a prophetic word. A prophetic word is not just there to endorse something like, oh, take that box. Well done, God. 
that was, that was right. No, actually, we get to partner with the prophetic word. In James uh, 2 verse 20, it says, faith without works is dead. And that's what the prophetic is. It's like a seed that gets planted in us. And we get to nurture and water and look after that seed and partner with God and see his promises fulfilled in our life. Chris Valentin says, prophecy brings people into the revelation of the glory that God has assigned to them. I love it. I remember when God first spoke to me about the nations, I was like, woohoo, yay, lots of holidays all over the world. Um, it didn't look like that. But he began to speak to me about um, a church plant in London. And I had come to Europe before, and I was like, God, are you sure? Austria is so green and lovely. But he was like, no, I want you to go to London and be a part of this church plant. And I, I was like, okay, Jesus, not my will, but your will be done. And I just remember going on a journey with Jesus as the promise he had spoken over, to, over me about the nations and actually finding discomfort in my once comfort. And as I began to partner with him, actually nothing else would do but being where he wanted me to be. But that involved sacrifice. It was costly. It involved some decisions that I had to make, some visas that I had to apply for. But I've seen the goodness of God and the fulfillment of his promises. And Dan would say that he was the fulfillment of my promise, uh, my husband. But... Um, yeah, it was, it was just the goodness of God, seeing him constantly never leave me or forsake me. I came with a two-year plan, not knowing where he would lead me, but knowing that he was a good leader and a good father. And I just love that we get to partner with the things we don't even fully understand or fully know yet, because he's a God who loves to break through. And um, it's really fun. Dan, I introduced him to a friend of mine. He's a friend of this house, Julian Adams. And the first time I introduced him, Julian and prophesied over him about business and entrepreneurship and favor in the marketplace. And Dan and I had a good chuckle afterwards thinking, he probably just said too much cheese last night because Dan was not interested in business at all. He loved fitness, he loved teaching, and it wasn't something he saw in his future. But actually, as we journeyed together, God started leading him in this direction of um, becoming a business owner. He now owns a gym. And I remember thinking, hold on, Julian, Julian prophesied this years ago. And actually what it did was it gave us faith to take some risks and make some decisions and see the favor of God break in. And, and you know, the, the reality is that I've seen some promises fulfilled and I've seen some not fulfilled. And I've, and I've weighed some and found them wanting. And one of the things that happens sometimes is that you can receive words that are quite manipulative or words that are maybe trying to get you to do something. And so some of us have been hurt by the prophetic. But that's not God's plan for us. And so even today, he gets to bring healing and restoration and create a desire in your heart again to hear his voice. That prophetic isn't there to bring correction and um, kind of dictate to you what you should do. Actually, the prophetic is there to encourage and exhort and push you to take risks in faith. And one of the promises um, that God spoke of in my life that I'm still living with is that I'd see healing. And I always used to say, okay, God, I can do the emotional healing thing. That's fine. But I used to say, no, I want you to start seeing some physical healings. And as somebody myself who struggles with um, a sickness, that was really hard for me. But I've got to take risks. And so that means I pray for the sick. Because the Bible says, pray for the sick and they will recover. And so if you're sick here this morning, won't you just stand? I would love to pray for you. Feel free to stand. 
So, Father, if you're standing around them, why don't you just get up and put your hands on them? Father God, I just thank you that you love to heal. Jesus, I thank you that it's in your nature, that you are a good Father. And Father, I thank you that you have all power and all authority, and that every knee must bow to the name of Jesus, including sickness. And so, Father God, we just say that your kingdom come right now. Sickness, I command you to go, to leave these bodies in the name of Jesus. Sickness, you have no rightful place here. And so, Jesus, I just speak healing right now over everybody. Father God, I say that your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come, Jesus. Healing come right now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come fill them up in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. And if you've experienced some healing, please come and share with me afterwards because that's super encouraging. The second half of this talk is I wanted to talk about a particular prophetic word that I wanted to help unpack with you guys, because um, it's called Building on the Prophetic, isn't it? Um, and it was a word I bought in 2019, and some of you may have been there. I don't know if you were around in 2019, um, but it is a word that I brought about God, and I'm going to read it to you. It says, I had a picture of a garden with a fence around it, and in the garden was a greenhouse. The garden was full, and there were lots of healthy flowers of all sorts in it. They were planted in the beds. The greenhouse in the garden had ill and broken plants in it. And they were being tended to and being healed and coming back to life. Then they were planted in the beds of the garden where they were flourishing again. There were some trees and bigger plants that the gardener did not want to put into the beds as they would not flourish, as they needed more space to grow to their full potential and bear fruit. The gardener moved the plants around to give the plants space and good positioning to grow so that each had space to grow, which they did. The gardener created a new bed outside of the garden and planted some of the smaller trees there so that they would have space to grow and bear fruit to multiply. There wasn't any space for them in the original garden beds and they would create too much shade there. They needed to be planted outside the garden in the bed so that they could grow strong and provide a shade for those that needed it. Some plants were then planted there as they did well in the shade. I saw a multiplication come to the garden. A new fruitfulness, a strategic positioning happened. It was not just one garden, but became a field of fruitfulness and growth. It was no longer a garden, but looked like a farm that had many workers, and he could export fruit. And there were many words I could have shared, some nice fuzzy ones, some ones about God pouring out his spirit, but I felt like this was the word that we're partnering with. And I felt like actually growth can sometimes cause growth pains. So I wanted to unpack this word with you today. And since this word was given four years ago, we've gone multi-site. So we've got two meetings here and one at the university. I've just been there. And um, what a joy to see that. What a joy to see that. Oh, you are a star. Thank you. I'm a weeping prophet. <laughs> um, so yeah, since this word was given... I just feel like we've seen some of the fruit, but you know, prophetic words aren't given as endorsements. They're given as words to stir faith in us and to partner with. And I remember what I said earlier, we hear in part, we weigh, we pray, we test. And um, so I'd love you to do that. But one of the things that were clear to me at the beginning of this picture, the first bit of this prophetic word was that there was a greenhouse. And in this greenhouse, broken and damaged plants were coming to be healed and restored. And uh, I think the pastoral team would agree that sometimes 
new people come in really broken and burnt out and have had bad experiences. Or maybe post-COVID, there's been a lot of brokenness and bruised hearts. But the Father is saying that we carry an anointing to see healing and restoration come. Chris Valentin says, There is no prison so secure that, can, that love cannot free. There is no captive so strong that love cannot liberate. There is no sin so terrible that love cannot restore. We are called to carry the Father's heart in this place. We are called to see restoration and healing come. And our pastoral team does an incredible job of this. But not only our pastoral team, we've got Sozo. We've got Amanda Humphrey who does ministry. We've got the project who looks after the broken and the homeless. But I would say to you, there's more than that. Actually, healing is released through the prophetic. It's released through worship. Wherever we carry the Father's heart, healing and restoration is released. And I remember a few months ago, a friend of mine, Abby, she's at the 9.30. She, um, she lost her brother, and she's had a phenomenally hard year, difficult year, and was struggling with um, all the heaviness of those feelings, which you can't imagine. And she came in one Sunday morning, and the second song into worship, you know the warm-up songs, those? Second song in worship, the presence of God was just there. And she said, he just came and he met with me. And he just lifted off this heavy cloak. And I didn't feel the same after that. And I could see the difference in her. I could see the joy in her. Because God loves to heal and restore. He loves to set his people free. He died on a cross for us so that we could know his healing. Here we go. Can't see my notes, sorry. So I want to ask you, how are you going to partner with this prophetic word? How are you going to partner with demonstrating the Father's love? Maybe for some of you, it's befriending somebody who's broken. Maybe for some of you, it's walking alongside one, someone that's going through a hard time. Maybe for some of you, it's joining the pastoral team. Maybe for some of you, it's joining the ministry team. But how do you, as a part of this garden co-partner with what God is doing in us. We have an anointing to see healing and restoration come. Will you partner with the King of Kings who adds his super to our natural and sees kingdom breakthrough? In Luke 9 verse 11 it said, but the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. In Isaiah 61 verse 1, it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. That is powerful. He, the Spirit of the living God is upon you. We partner with the Spirit of God to see healing and breakthrough and restoration come. Amen. The other part of this word is about growth. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel stagnant and sometimes I can feel growth. Post-COVID, I felt a little bit of stagnant. I'm not going to lie. But actually living things grow. And it's like God is saying through this word that he is repositioning people for their growth and for their purpose. We've seen this happen as we planted out into the university site. There was space for people to step out into new things, to grow, 
to walk in some of the purpose that God had on their life. We've seen new people host, new people pastor, new people preach. So we are to stand in those gaps and grow big. And God is saying this is a time for some of you to come out of the shadows. It's a time for some of you to come out of the hiding places, to come into the open spaces, to fulfill your purpose, to grow into the space that he's put you in. It's time to grow. It's time to use your gifts. It's time to lead. And maybe for some of us, there's more to think about around this, how we develop leaders, how we invest into others. But I love this line I wrote. I know I wrote it. I'm still allowed to love it. Some flowers were then planted there, and they did well in the shade. I felt like God speak to me that sometimes shade is shelter. And for some of us, we actually just need to lead because God wants to put some people around us that feel sheltered, that feel protected, that feel covered. We get to look after those who God's appointed to us. We get to disciple those that God's appointed to us. We get to walk with those that God has appointed to us. A garden looks like a well-connected bunch of plants. God has called us to be connected to each other where we benefit from each other, when we benefit from each other's gifts. In Ephesians 4 verse 6, it says, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. When you become a follower of Jesus, you become part of Christ's body. You have a part to play. We depend on each other. We were made for a particular purpose. As disciples, we play a role in advancing the kingdom of God together. What is your purpose? You haven't just been called yet to be a Sunday Christian. You've called to be a part of a healthy body. What is your purpose? And there is such joy in knowing your purpose. There is such fulfillment in doing what you're called and created to do. Grow big here. Grow bigger. Create shade for others. Fill up the space that God has given you. We're called to bear fruit. As I said, there was multiplication. It wasn't just a garden, but became a fruit of a field of fruitfulness, a garden that exported fruit and became a farm. And only living things bear fruit, only living things grow. In in John 15, verse 6, it says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. As disciples, we need to grow in maturity. We need to grow in maturity. And, and the way that we do that in John 15 verse 5 says Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. We need to stay connected to Jesus. What does that look like for you? What does your relationship look like with Jesus? Are you connecting to him? Not just one day a week, but every day of the week. Are you connected to the king of kings, the main vine? We are the branches. We get our life from him. We get our purpose from him. Jesus is calling us into an intimate, beautiful relationship with him that spurs us onto maturity, to see his kingdom come and to see him glorified and his name lifted up. And some of you might feel like you're in a season of pruning. I feel like God has spoken to us about a season of surrender and sacrifice, and that's not comfortable. But if you're a gardener of any type, you know that things require pruning to be fruitful, to grow, to become the best that they can be. 
And God has a purpose in our surrender. God has a purpose in our sacrifice because he's wanting fruitfulness to come from us. He wants his name to be made known, famous in Bedford and the nations of the earth. He wants to be glorified. And as we lift him up, people will be drawn to him. Amen. You see, God is doing something new, but it does require some repositioning for some of us. It requires some heart surrender for some of us. It requires some pruning for some of us. It requires some change for some of us. But he is doing a new thing. There is a new wine being poured out, and it looks like a new wineskin to contain it. But God is doing something. He's causing us to wake up again. He's causing us to come alive again to everything that he has for us. It's an exciting time to be alive. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the worship over the last few weeks, the Spirit of God has just been coming in new and powerful ways because he's doing a new thing in us. Do you perceive it? Do you know that he's promised this over us? He's prophesied it over us, that we get to partner with him in all the good that he has for us. And I just feel like, Some of us need to change our garden mentality to a farming mentality, and it's a different kind of mentality. Farming requires some different training. Farming requires some different equipment, some different tools. Farming requires some cost. Gets a little bit more expensive. And God's calling us all to walk into the gift that he's put in us. He's called us all to counter cost in this season. He's called us all to look, look at things a little bit differently. It's his kingdom. It's his kingdom, his ever-advancing kingdom. And I feel like even um, as somebody who's involved in the prophetic, I feel like God is stirring us up again as a prophetic people. Do you know that that's a mandate on us, to be a prophetic people, to be a people who hear the voice of God? And we can only export what we carry, and you only export good fruit. You don't export rotten fruit. God is saying, I want you to be fruitful with good fruit. Fruitful with fruit that will go to the nations. And some people might come for a bit and get trained and go. And some people might go from here and we send them with our blessing to the nations. And some people might sow where they, haven't, where they don't see a reaping. And some people might reap where they haven't sown. But God gets all the glory. God gets all the glory because he's doing a new thing. And I don't want us to see this word as some kind of endorsement. Because you know the thing about fruitfulness is that a harvest and good fruit often happens in a good environment. We're called to be a people of his presence. Because without his presence, none of this is possible. We're called to be people who pursue him, pursue his name, pursue his presence among us. So we're not just singing songs, we're worshiping the living God. We're not just meeting together. We're, we're in the presence of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We're called to be a people of his presence. Let's see fruitfulness come to us. And I want to end with this. That God wants us to partner with him to unlock some stuff. Because our partnering could unlock healing, freedom, breakthrough, obedience. You stepping into the leader that God's made you to be. Whether that's youth or kids work or whatever that looks like. It's going to unlock some stuff for the people around you. We're not going to make decisions, and I'm saying this as a declaration, we're not going to make decisions based on our comfort anymore. We're going to make decisions based on purpose and legacy for his glory, for his renown. For his glory, for his renown. Let us be a prophetic people, a people led by the Spirit of God. Let us be a people who long to hear the voice of a loving Father. 
Let us be people who share the Father's heart and see his kingdom break in. Amen.